0: Fundraisers on Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore all those hot and issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising all right let's get going welcome back Raise nation radio it's great to connect with you again if you've been with us uh before thank you thank you thank you for making the show a fan favorite we've hit some record play time in the last few weeks and uh it's exciting to see that the show is resonating with you and we really appreciate um you being a fan if you're new welcome 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 we are hopefully everywhere or at least on your favorite channel we stream on 10 different podcast channels we're um on demand at onecause.com and um We love to have you with us so hopefully today's show will inspire you to follow us and coming back for more of our guests but today i'm super excited to uh talk to zoe ohalen and we are going to talk to about the indiana youth group which is pretty exciting and special uh mission based in of course indiana hence the name uh zoe is the director of um engagement there and um we're going to get into it uh, as soon as I welcome her to the show. So Zoe, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. We're so glad that you're here.
1: Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. I appreciate you uh, giving us this little bit of time to tell more about what we do.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear. It's a really special mission, a special organization. You're doing a lot of good work over there. So, um, but first, our audience would love to get to know you and um Share whatever you'd like. Tell us what you do at the Indiana Youth Group and uh, how you came to to um, w- the director of uh, engagement there and whatever else you want to share. We just want to get to know you.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, as the director of engagement, I often uh, sum up my job as chief storyteller. So I get the <laughs> That's a privilege one. of going out into the community and telling people IYG story, where we came from, where we're going, what we're doing, who we are. Uh, so it's a really exciting position to have because, you know, we've got this terrific team of youth and young adult client service workers, which include case managers and the like. They're doing the work with the uh, youth and the young adults that we serve. And I get to go out and share what that work is and the impact we're having on the community. As the director of engagement, I oversee our social media, grant writing, um, cultural competency training and outreach, all sorts of fun things like that. And it's really interesting that I ended up in this work because to give you a little bit of background, my training, my college uh, (laughs) background was in musical theater. So I mean, wow. I guess that comes into play when I'm doing things like this or going out into the community and speaking. Um, But I was working in theater and wedding planning of all things. And I was just, you know, this was five, actually, I just hit my five year anniversary with IYG this week. Um, So I just wanted to try something new and do uh, work that made a difference. You know, as a trans woman, I was seeing that Our country was not moving in the right direction. Our state was not really moving in the right direction. So I wanted to be part of that solution. So I started looking for jobs that would allow me to do that. And I came across IYG. They were hiring for a volunteer coordinator. So I applied for that. And I think it was in my second interview, they said, you know, we've got a couple of people on the hook for volunteer, but we actually just had this other position open, which was a um we called it the engagement coordinator. Um, So they had me go ahead and interview for that. And I was given that job. And um, that was kind of like in many ways, an admin assistant to the department. But the great thing was, I worked right with our director of engagement. And for several years, I worked alongside him, helped uh, build the department into what it is. And then when he moved on, I had the opportunity to step up into this position and help run this department that I helped build. So
0: Sounds like it was meant to be. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think the stars were aligned as you were taking your journey, you know, in your career, all those different stages kind of prepared you for where you are because, you know, the world is a stage, you know, and public speaking is not for everyone. Sounds like you do a lot of that. And what better way to get that experience than on the stage? So you're right where you belong. And we're so grateful because you're doing such great work at I'm going to try to get that IYG. Did I get that right? (laughs) Yes, you did. I say it the whole I say the whole all three words and I've got to learn a little acronym there. (laughs) Well, let's talk about um, IYG or Indiana Youth Group. Uh, What is the core mission uh, and, um, and focus of your of the work that you do?
1: Yeah. So in a few words, we create safer spaces, and we empower the voices of youth and young adults who identify as LGBTQ+, and we help them foster community to become self-sufficient and thriving members of our community.
0: Wow. Okay, good. Right from the, the population, from a youth perspective then?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, tell me a little bit more about like your programming and your impact and what service, like just what, what, what do we do? What, what do we do here at I, IYG?
1: Yeah. So our core is just creating that safer space where uh, youth and young adults, we serve uh, those 12 to 24 uh, into two segments. We have our youth programs, which are 12 to 20, and then our young adult programs, which are 18 to 24 with that little two year overlap. Uh, And we just create a safer space where they can come and be themselves without fear of. Uh, discrimination, fear of being judged or harmed, we create a place where a community space where they can just come and be their authentic selves openly and without reservation. And from there, we build on their other needs. You know, we have some youth who come in and they just need this community space. They just want to hang out with their peers and get to know other people that are like them or similar to them. And then we also have some youth that are coming in that have been kicked out of their home. You know, statistics are showing that one in four LGBTQ plus youth are kicked out of their home and they come out to their parents. So we have a lot of youth and young adults who are living on the streets or are being kicked out. So we provide housing support. We help them find Permanent long-term housing. We have a food pantry and a clothing closet, laundry facilities, shower rooms, everything that these youth might need just to get their basic needs met. And that's the thing: is we always approach from this holistic wraparound approach. We start with the most basic needs, we get those covered, and then we build from there. Build from
0: there, yeah. Yeah,
1: Because you know, there's some kids they need a GED or they need to get back into school, but if they're living on the streets, you can't focus. On a class or homework when you don't know where you're laying your head down at night. Well, just being
0: a youth today, I can't imagine I wouldn't want to go back. Just being a youth today, there's they're just dealing with so much more than I felt I ever did with cell phones and elect, I mean, I, and, and I'm all for innovation. I'm not, you know, down on innovation or in any, in any way, but social media and cell phones and the way we communicate and digital footprints and pressure and ju- just that alone, let alone if you feel like you don't fit in, right. That that's an, or that you don't have your family support for who you are authentically. It's just another layer and layer and layer that must be an impossible barrier sometimes.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, going back to that technology piece, there's always been bullies in school, but now with cyberbullying, it doesn't stop when you leave school. A lot of these right. LGBTQ plus youth, they'll go home, which is supposed to be a safe space. And then there's people bullying them on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media they're using, where people can get their phone number and text them hateful things. And a lot of youth are battling with that. You know, and it doesn't help that we live in a sociopolitical environment where adults are bullying them online now, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, they ricochet from one unsafe place to another unsafe place. There's no respite. There's no there's no relief. And it's the pressure must be daunting, you know, to, to try to deal with. So when you said about housing, is that your um, Project Prism, uh, the rehousing program? Tell, tell me a little bit about that, because I heard you mention that some you after you go for the essential basic needs, you build and build. Is that what you're talking about with the rehousing program, Project Prism? Yes.
1: Project Prism oh. is our rehousing program, which is unique, in a way, it's the only rapid rehousing program that's specifically focused on LGBTQ plus youth in the state of Indiana. And what this means is it's not transitional, meaning some youth will go into transitional homes or shelters where they can only stay for a brief period of time through Project PRISM. They work with a case manager and they pick an apartment that will be theirs long-term. So their case manager will help them navigate, you know, finding an apartment that is close to, if they're going back to school, finding the one that's close to school, finding the one that's close to work. And once they, they pick an apartment, we help get them set up. That includes furniture and housewares because when these kids come from the streets, they have nothing. So we help them get set up and get comfortable and then Through a three-year program, we kind of stair-step them off of our support. So we help them get a job or an education. And little by little, they start to take over their responsibilities of utilities and housewares and groceries. And then finally, by the end of the three-year program, uh, assuming all has gone to plan, they are paying their own rent and they are already in this home that they don't have to leave. They don't have to move and go find someplace else. They're already settled.
0: So what's the solution then for your younger population that might be you know, separated from their home? Um, they, if it's a, like a three-year step-up type program, if they're 12, by 15, they're not an adult yet, can they even have access to this housing being a minor? Or is that really a program just for your older groups?
1: Yeah, this program is more for those who are 18 and older or 16 and older if they're emancipated. Okay. or if they've been kicked out of the home, we can sometimes work to get that set up Um, with the younger kids. The first place we always start, no matter what the kids ages, is is we try and start with family remediation, which is something we offer to all of our clients and their families. We want to reunite families. That would be the best thing that could happen. So we do have family support programs. We have counseling to try and help these families come back to some level of understanding. And we've actually been fairly successful in that. You know, there are some families who, unfortunately, they write their kid off and they don't look back and they're not willing to change their mind. I can't fathom doing that. I know, I know. we are very lucky that there are some parents that they just need a little bit of education, a little bit of understanding, maybe another parent who's gone through it that they can meet with and learn from. so that's the first thing we do. Um, otherwise we have to kind of, we we are in a partnership with the indianapolis department of child services. so if the youth is underage, we do work with them to find a a solution for these younger kids that works because yeah, obviously we can't drop a 12 year old in an apartment.
0: Right. Um, (laughs) But then they could transition if they still need that support as they, they, yeah. Right. So
1: sometimes, you know, through DCS, they might end up with a foster family for a brief period of time, um, just to get them through until they are of age. And then we will, they can come back and get into project prism.
0: Yeah. weight way to the world on these young, young people's, um, It's uh, sad to see. Uh, I think I want to go back to something that you said in your introduction. Now, how long have you been at IYG? Five years this week. Okay. well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. That's wonderful. Um, So I think you mentioned or I thought I heard you say that five years ago, you didn't really see the systemic change that you were hoping for the LGBTQ communities and for youths and and Let's fast forward to where we are today. Have we progressed? There's always work to do, right? There's always more we can do. I I, I get that. But how do you feel we're doing as a society in making improvements here? It really depends on where you live. Uh, that That is a, a big thing.
1: I will say I see a lot of community support. I do see more community support, more awareness. More people are having the conversations about how to support the LGBTQ plus community, especially youth. We see more people advocating. So we are progressing in that way. So I'd say in a personal way, in an interpersonal way, we're seeing it. Unfortunately, from a legal standpoint, Indiana has backed. Kind of backslid. Um, you know, we had over thirty anti-LGBTQ plus bills proposed in the Indiana legislation this past season. Um, so Indiana is currently um, there are two major ones that passed this last legislative season, including Indiana's own version of the "Don't Say Gay" bill, meaning that teachers could get into trouble if they have any literature or anything that discusses the existence of LGBTQ plus people in schools up to third grade. Um, And and the bill is very unclear. You have
0: to run that by me again. Wait, what did you just say? So (laughs) I have to hear that again
1: um, in elementary schools, kindergarten through third grade teachers can get into serious legal trouble just for acknowledging the existence of LGBTQ plus people. So if they have like a storybook that has gay characters or mentions the idea that someone even could be transgender they can be charged with teaching sexuality to youth There, wow um and it, and it's essentially an obscenity charge that they could be charged with um
0: okay yeah i mean isn't it oh gosh doesn't it violate just just being authentic like just you are who you are Live and let live. Be you. Mm -hmm. And why can't we just talk about it? What I can't. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little taken back.
1: There's, uh, I will say, the ACLU of Indiana is pushing back against that because there are a lot of violations of Title IX and other protections based on. Explain to me Title
0: IX. I don't, I don't know Title. So
1: Title IX is a uh, it protects on the basis of gender identity. Okay, And so the Supreme Court of the United States a few years ago did rule that that does extend to transgender, non-binary and other gender diverse individuals. Um, So, you know, if a school wants to say. Trans people can't do this or non-binary people can't do that. That's a violation of Title IX because they are specifically being discriminated against based on their gender identity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So luckily,
1: we have people in the community who are pushing back against this. Because um, this greatly affects our LGBTQ plus students in very negative ways. You know, even a kid who maybe has two dads or two moms or a non-binary parent, this affects them because if they're saying, Hey, share what you did over summer break. If a kid says, well, me and my two dads went to there, they could be told, Oh, you can't talk about that. Huh. Actually the law kind of insists that teachers should say, don't talk about that. And it's, It's heartbreaking that, you know, any kid is not given the same rights as the student immediately next to them in the classroom.
0: Yeah. And that's just
1: one of the bills we're dealing with. We also have a bill that bans any form of gender affirming care for trans youth. And that I mean, we're not talking about surgeries because, first of all, no gender clinics in the state of Indiana provide surgeries. They just don't. Not to minors. But now this law is posed to say, you can't go to a speech pathologist to take voice therapy to alter your voice. You can't take hormone blockers to prevent the onset of puberty while you figure out what your path in life will be. Um, Which is, by the way, hormone blockers are entirely reversible. It's not a permanent change. So if a kid goes on a hormone blocker to determine what their identity might be, as soon as they come off of those blockers, Things will go will revert, so it's not like a, a permanent alteration. Um, but yeah, they're just putting all these barriers to well, kids.
0: It's also a personal choice. I mean, I don't proclaim to know anything about, you know, medicine and and or treatment or care, but it's a personal choice. It's it's you know your body and it's your your mind and your heart and your soul. And if this is you know as long as. It, You're proceeding, and from my opinion, I'm just gonna put a little something out there. If you're proceeding with the right education and and the right medical advisement and the second opinions, and it's your it should be your choice. Together, I guess, with your parents, if you're if you're a minor, I mean, it just should be your choice.
1: Exactly, with those minors, it's it's the if their parents are supportive and say this is what my child needs, this is the medical decision that's best for our family. Those parents should have that right.
0: Hundred percent sure. Okay, well, let's get off the the politics. Let's get back to the <laughs> mission and and the gr- great, great, great w- work that you're doing. Can you share with no names, please? Just maybe some success stories about some of the clients you've served and how you've seen them blossom and grow into their authentic self. I'd love to hear. You know, uh, protecting privacy, of course, but some some of the great work that you're doing and in, in examples.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So we've had. um there's several that popped to mind immediately. Um, we have a young transgender woman who has been coming to us for several years since she was a teenager. Um, when she came out, she was kicked out of her home. <sighs> she was doing survival work um, just to stay alive, just to have. Is survival over.
0: work what I think it is? What, what is
1: survival it, work? It is. Survival work is um, it, it is sex work for the sake of oh, surviving. Okay. Okay. Um, so, you know, some of these young people, they do it because it it gets them money. It puts them into a, a house for a night. Um, it, it's just a means of survival for them. Uh, yeah. So she came to us um, with nothing, living in a car. And through several years of working with a case manager here, she's been able to uh, really get her life on track and now uh she's working she has a full-time job as a trans advocate so not only has she grown into a self-sufficient adult she's now in a position where she's helping other tr- young trans people find their way and find the support and resources they need um we've had other youth that have gotten come to us addicted they've had substance abuse problems whether that's alcohol or drugs um, we had one client. She was she was also living in a car. She had a child when she was a teenager. Um, through her addiction, her child was taken away from her. However, oh. um, now that she's been coming to IYG, she has gone back to school and gotten a degree. She's working oh. on finding a job. She is now sober. Uh, her she comes to a addiction support group regularly to continue that support so that she can stay on that path. And because of the work that she's done and the work she's done with her case manager to improve her life circumstances. She started having visitation with her child again, and they are working to be reunited.
0: It's a long journey, but the, the the desire is there. If if somebody goes wayward, it's because, as you said, it's because of survival. It's because of a need to be who you are and who doesn't have the need to be who they are. And it, it's just, choices that you're making to find freedom, but some of those choices are actually putting you in a different, worse circumstance. It's just huh, complex. Thank goodness that, you, and thank you for what you're doing, that we can pull some some people out and get them you know, on the right path. Those are beautiful stories. Um, I want to touch base a little bit about what you need, um, because if there's audiences that are listening, they're hearing the success, they're hearing your you know, your very progressive mindset and some of the programs that, that you're doing that are really um, instrumental in in the paths of some of these youth lives. Now people want to help. So what is it that that you need? We know fundraising, right? So aside yeah, from the obvious, what else? I see that on, on your website. And we're going to get all that information. I'm going to put links in the show notes, how to get in touch, how to help, all that good stuff. Contact your your contact information. But what else do you need? Can you share that with our audience who's like, oh, I think I need to get involved? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, if you're in Indiana, we can always use volunteers and um, even outside of Indianapolis. So our flagship center is here in just north of downtown Indianapolis, but we are actually in the middle of an expansion project where we're opening 10 new centers over the next five years. So we've just opened a new center in Crawfordsville and we're preparing to open one in Columbus. So if you're in any of those regional areas and would like to volunteer, or maybe you're in another part of the state and you're curious if we're coming your way, definitely reach out. We can let you know about opportunities there. Um, we always need basic needs support. So we talk about, um, our program that supports these youth and what they need. We have a food pantry that, um, lately we've seen the food moving very quickly, um, with this, um, as we've dubbed it, the slate of hate, all those bills that were proposed, we've seen the youth we've served in the first seven, well now eight months of Uh, 2023 is more than double than all the youth we served across 2022. So we're seeing more and more youth coming to us for support. So things like food, um, housewares, cleaning products for a house, uh, any of those things, we always need those because we're always helping youth uh, either find housing, or maybe if they already have housing, they they don't have the means to fill that house and make it home-like. So we always need support in that way. We have a transitional apparel room, which is for our trans and non-binary youth that provides things that they need, like um wigs, makeup, uh chest binders, uh gaffs, uh bras, anything like that. That's I mean, I think any woman listening knows bras are expensive. So they are.
0: I I I admit I just got a new set and I was like, oh, ouch, this is really her in the pocketbook here they're very expensive especially a good one so yeah yeah, yeah, i'm glad i asked you because i i don't know that when i think about you know the the clients you serve i don't know that my mind would have gone to those are the type of things that you need but but please continue because this is you know enlightening to know what else that you need so we stopped i think at wigs and bras what else yeah
1: um makeup uh clothing especially socks and underwear you know those things that we all take for granted Granted, yeah yeah you know especially if a youth is living on the streets and we're not able to to get them housed immediately or you know their their shelter going from shelter to shelter washing your socks and underwear isn't something you can do regularly so they need a supply that they can change and stay stay clean and, and fresh so little things like that and Um, People can always go to our website and we do have an Amazon wish list, which is great because it lets us. Oh,
0: that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We
1: can update it in real time with, you know, if we look and say, oh, we're really running low on pasta in the pantry or we're running low on makeup in the transition room. We can just go and pop those on that website. Uh, It updates. And when you buy, when you go in and buy something for us, it ships directly to our center. So you don't even have to worry about super easy. Oh, perfect.
0: that's a great solution. I, I love that. Now, as far as fundraising is concerned, you were just part of um, the Indie Tech Gives program, I believe, um, yeah. where we were able to um, join forces with some Indiana tech groups and do like a social campaign, a peer-to-peer campaign, and uh, um, you had a corporate sponsor. So how was, was that the first time you participated or have you been part of the Indiana, uh, the it, uh, ITG program before. I think this might have been our first year. Wow. I was involved this year, um, but for the very first time as like a, a co-director, uh, my colleague runs that program, Steve Lausch, and he really does a great job assembling just, you know, tech companies in the area and finding very special missions to support. So it was nice to have you part of Indie Tech Gives and hopefully... Uh, it helped a little. Maybe you have to come back next year, and we could, you know, help more and see what we can do there. Um, do you have what events do you have um, taking place that are either programming or fundraising that we need to know about?
1: Well, you know, as the engagement person, I always love to talk about our fundraising events. There you go. So, uh, the twenty third annual IYG auction presented by C H Douglas and Gray Wealth Management is coming up on September 23rd. Oh, the, very soon. Yeah, yeah. The auction is our signature fundraising event. It's our biggest one of the year. In a single night, it brings in over $100,000 for the organization. Oh, yeah, wow. And everything we raise goes directly to our programs, to our services. So, so it's an
0: auction, like a silent auction, but direct. But it has a specific tangible and that it's going you know, direct to serve.
1: Yeah, so it's actually in two parts. We have a silent auction and a live auction. Oh, great! And the beauty of this event is, you know, these items are donated by uh, supporters, uh, community businesses. So that's the great thing is we don't have to go and buy things and then auction them because they're donated. One hundred percent of what we raise through that event is going back to the kids. So you know, it's. We always try and encourage people to come out and support, and you can even take part in the silent auction virtually. So, if you live in another state, but you really want to support the organization, you can register for the event and bid virtually, and we can ship your items to you. And it's great because you get some fun art or some fun item or a vacation package, something exciting, while at the same time, every bit of every dollar you put down goes to supporting a youth or young adult in need.
0: Oh, wow. That's a great, I love the fact that most of it is donated and you can get hundred percent proceeds on your items and direct to support. So uh, good luck with that coming up. Thank um, you. I, you know, it's not that, not that far out. So um, it'll be exciting. Is it something that you have to buy tickets to or?
1: Yes. So we sell tickets and those are available on our website as well. Right.
0: Okay, good. Now, what is fabulous? Is that how you say that? Fabulous? (laughs) Fabulous bash. What is, I I was trying not to butcher that. What is that all about? So,
1: this is our first annual Halloween community celebration. So, first annual. um, Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So, (laughs) one of the things we've discovered is, you know, whenever it comes to Holidays, whether it's Halloween or the winter holidays, we find that a lot of times LGBTQ families are left out. Um, these oh. places are either held somewhere where it doesn't feel accessible or safe. So, you know, when you think of your trick-or-treats or your, or, excuse me, trunk-or-treats or your holiday bazaars, they're usually held in religious institutions that may not be welcoming or they're held.
0: um all in these just things so un- I haven't, all these social injustices I haven't thought about. Oh, yeah. go ahead so, all right
1: or they're held in just some place where a family feels like we don't know those people it are is our family safe are are our kids going to get looked at odd because they have two moms or because our child is trans so by creating events like the fabulous halloween bash it gives a place where lgbtq families can come do the trunk retreat, do costume contests uh, pumpkin decorating, hot oh. cider, oh. all those things that I want to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's and everyone in the community is welcome. It's a free event. So there's no cost barrier. So you don't have to be LGBTQ. you just got to be a uh, advocate or an ally in the community. Yeah. And we just want to create a place where all the families could come together and celebrate Halloween And fun without having to worry about. It's a
0: fun time, Halloween. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's my favorite holiday. So, you know, it's kind of like there's a lot of reasons why this event is very dear to me is to create that safe space for the families. Because everybody should be able to dress up in a costume and get
0: candy without worrying about discrimination. 100 (laughs) percent. Yeah. It's just Um, fun. Let's just have some fun. All right. Well, let's round out the year. And what is your December event? It's IYG Pride and Joy. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, Pride and Joy started uh, four years ago. This will be our fourth uh, event. Uh, It started very similar to how the Halloween Bash got integrated. We actually had a family come to us. It was um, a a lesbian couple with children coming and saying, you know, um, we'd like to take our kids to a, a Santa Claus breakfast, but they're all hosted by churches. Or when we go, people look at our kids weird while they're waiting to see Santa because they realize, oh, that little girl has two moms or something like that. So we've created this safe space where, again, families can come. They can have breakfast with Santa Claus. Uh, they get to take a picture with him, tell him what they want for Christmas. Again, these things that so many of us do and take for granted and don't even think that some people are left out. Um, it's a holiday marketplace. So it's we have a, a, a wonderful vendor fair where people can come and buy crafts and products from local businesses a lot of the businesses are lgbtq owned or selling items and raising money for lgbtq plus causes um so it's it's another great way to come out and support iyg and we have something for everyone um if you're a little too old for santa claus we also have krampus you know who's krampus krampus is the austrian uh christmas monster who in old timey lore, he would come the night before Santa Claus and punish the bad people. (gasps) So (laughs) he's kind of, uh, it's interesting, Krampus has had a, a, a whole resurgence in the US as fundraisers. A lot of people will dress up as Krampus and say, you've been, you know, naughty. But if you make a donation to IY Oh, so cute. That's cute. All right. Yeah, that's clever. So, Very creative. You know, it, it, we have a wonderful group that comes and does Krampus for us. We also have Laba the holiday witch. Oh, you guys ex- are
0: just fun over
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> we just love to have all these like fun things. So, you know, if Santa's not your thing, we have all these different old world holiday characters from around around the globe. And it, we just it, it's so much fun. And it's it was so great to see these kids last year you know you would think kids might be afraid of a witch or krampus but you know you'd see these kids they take a picture with santa and then they'd be like mom i want to go see the witch and then they're like oh my gosh i gotta meet krampus and there was like a four-year-old that came dressed as krampus and followed him
0: around i I have a vision in my head just to see (laughs) the joy of Children And children should be joyful. It's the time to be joyful exactly, and, yeah. you know, to see their joy and for them to also have the freedom, right? To just have that, you know, I want to go see Krampus. I want to go see Santa. I want, and to just have that freedom and, and the opportunity to be comfortable with themselves is just very special thank you really so much you're infectious really i um i'm not from indiana although i've been with one cause for over 13 years now, I think I've stopped counting after 10, Um, but I do get to visit often and I might make a point to come over and say hi to you guys because it just sounds like a fun place to be. If I could help you put me to work, not a problem, but uh, congratulations on, you know, your five-year anniversary, all the work that you're doing and just how you're trying to progress societal change and eradicate some of these social injustices and let youth live the way they want to live. And it's very special. So uh, gratitude for everything that you're doing for the communities. Um, It's it's pretty special. I wish we had more time uh, to chat. I'd love to learn more, but uh, next time I'm in town, we'll perhaps get together um, and uh, we'll put all these show notes Together, so people could get involved or donate. Of course, come on financially is always uh, going to be helpful. So um, we'll definitely wrap it up on the show notes. Fearless fundraisers. That about all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode release every Thursday at twelve thirty p.m. That's Thursdays twelve thirty p.m. Eastern Time. And in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. We have about a hundred of them. Follow the channel that you like best so that uh, you can get notifications about All of our new guests, just like Zoe. I would like to thank our sponsor One Cause for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy to use digital fundraising solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Check it out, onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and content and vlogs and blogs and all that good stuff. And hopefully you'll find that very helpful. Huge shout out. And uh, once again, and thanks to my guest, Zoe O'Hanagan. Kaylin Byrne. Did I get that right this time? I think you I missed. The, I <laughs> think I missed the last part in, in your intro. Um, but thank you for your very expert and authentic voice and just casting a light on what we really need to know. Um, so much. So appreciate you being with us and taking the time. I enjoyed our conversations, but I do have to ask you any last words of inspiration.
1: Yeah, I'd like to actually quote my friend who is the president of Indie Pride, And that is to say that if you ever feel like there are forces working against you or you're being oppressed, joy is the loudest form of protest.
0: Oh, I love that. And Indie Pride. We love that group. We support it every year. So let's say if you're let's say that again, because that was really special. If you're feeling like oppressed, protest with joy because there's no greater. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that was super special to our Raise Nation audience. Hope you found that special too. And that struck a chord with you. Zoe, thank you again so much. Really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: Well, that's a wrap until next time. I'm Don Lego and this is Raise Nation Radio. You stay fearless out there.